Welcome to the Church Solutions Podcast, brought to you by JSL Solutions. The Church Solutions Podcast is designed to help equip you and your church in the use of technology and other tools and services. And now, here are your hosts, Steve Lacey and Phil Thompson. Hi, and welcome to another edition of the Church Solutions Podcast. Hi, my name is Steve Lacey. And I'm Phil Thompson, so uh, we're so grateful that you've decided to spend a little bit of time with us today on this podcast. We do this uh, usually every week. We are a tech company called JSL Solutions, but we work uh, pretty much exclusively with churches, and uh, we love to help churches with tech stuff. But Steve and I, as we say so often, have been working with churches in pastors and ministries. Steve's been on boards and on leadership teams. I've actually been in pastoral ministry until they kicked me out. And uh, well, they didn't kick me out. But anyhow, long story short, we love churches and we love helping churches. And so many times we'll talk about a variety of different topics uh, from tech related things to maybe not tech related to more uh, helping volunteers and working with people. So, Steve, what are we going to talk about today? So, today we have a special guest. We do. And her name would be... Is Kathy Hutchinson. Hi, Kathy. How are you today? Hi. Great to be here. So, Kathy is with a company called Idebri, or Adibri, I guess is the best way to say that. And Adibri, and you've been with them now since 1996. Uh, you have been involved... Uh, really working in, in areas of, of consultations and working with people that are involved in technology venues. Uh, you're also a contributor to church production and worship facilities. These are magazines and newsletters. Also another one I think is Church Designer Magazine. Uh, you get all over the place, Kathy. You speak at conferences and uh, dealing with marketing, uh, personal development, and uh, we're, we're just glad to have you here. Thanks for spending a little bit of time with us. Thank you guys for inviting me. Well, you're very welcome. Very quickly, before we get into our topic today, uh, tell us just real briefly about Adibri. What is Adibri? Sure. So we are technology designers, acoustic consultants, and theater designers. And a good percentage of our work is with churches. We've done a lot of churches that you've probably heard of. And um, it's been... It's interesting because we work in a lot of different markets. So, you know, we have NFL stadiums and big performing arts centers and massive entertainment venues. But um, but one of the things, I guess, that's that's most interesting about it is we tend to tell all of our other clients that by far the highest creativity is coming out of the churches and the church production teams. Interesting. Yeah. That's, yeah, normally we... As we you know, we speak with people, they say, "Oh, that church is is behind on you know the technology or that sort of thing." They're they're typically playing catch up. So in this arena, though, they're leading yeah, the game, huh? Absolutely, churches are doing so much with you know with meager resources, and they are right. maxing them out because they're creating every seven days, right? Right. Like it's a Sunday to Sunday deadline. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, interesting. Well, that's good. And you're working with some churches that are really growing, and that's good to hear. So so let, let's talk a little bit about really our topic today. And and this is a topic that you have written on before, and it's how do we get better at what we do? And that's I know for, for what I do for a living, and Steve and I, and then even the, the, the ministries we work with, our own personal churches, I mean, we, we always are striving, you know, to improve upon what we do. And, and so uh, let's talk a little bit about that. Uh, what do you think the biggest challenge is for, uh, for people like church professionals who are in growing churches today? 
So the problem is that growth happens incrementally. So you might be an amazing audio guy, but as you get promoted, you need way more than just your technical skills. And the problem is that because it's just happening slowly, we don't realize how much things have changed until we're working way too many hours, totally battling to keep up. And so maybe maybe you can relate to that. (laughs) And, you know, the demands of ministry in particular are always going to outpace our ability to deliver. So we get to this place in ministry where there's so many things happening at once that we feel like we're just, you know, spinning plates or juggling balls and just trying to keep everything in the air. And there's this terrible weight that if we stop, the whole thing is going to come crashing down, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, I can relate. So, yeah. <laughs> so one of the things I, I think that as we find ourselves in this position, I mean, we're never going to have unlimited amounts of resources, of time or energy. So what happens is we usually have a mission problem. So if we can't do everything, then what, you know, what is the one thing that we absolutely have to do to meet the mission? And I have to say, the person who taught this to me is Craig Jansen, who's the managing director of IDBRI. So, you know, as much as 20 years ago when we were, you know, I was way new to the industry and we were first working with churches, um, what what he would start every single kickoff meeting for every single church project outlining this concept of mission activity facility. So you know how it is. When we're getting together and talking about a new project, typically everybody wants to talk about the gear. Oh, I saw this at this church and this is what we need. This is what the new kids, this is what the cool churches are doing. So we (laughs) need to do it too. This is what the cool kids are doing. Yes. So dialing that way back and identifying what your mission is and then determining what activities you're doing to meet the mission then you're in a position to talk about what kind of facility you need, what kind of gear you need, what kind of equipment you need. So, and it's the same thing for us personally. Yeah. So, so so what kind of different uh-huh. missions do you see with the churches? I mean, they're, they're <laughs> So everybody says, um, we're going to reach people, right? right? Like that's the main church mission. But the that great is commission. Yeah, the great commission. Right. Don't we all have the same one? But the reality is that each church and quite frankly, each production team or any type of ministry team has its own mission because it, it has to be your mission inside your church has to be somewhat specific. Right. So who, if you're going to reach people, if that's the big macro mission, which people, right. oh, you know, what, where are they? What are they like? You know, with limitless resources, we can reach everybody. But the reality is you've got your resources, your time, your energy. What's your mission that's part of this bigger mission of the church? And what does that super specifically look like? Hmm. Yeah, I, I can remember years ago I was speaking with this fellow who was uh, – he, he was involved in kind of uh, – he called him really more apostolic in the sense that he was helping oversee a number of churches. And I, I told him, I said, well – you know, wh- you know, what's your, what is your mission? And he goes, well, we want to reach people. I'm like, well, I, I know that, but specifically, who are you trying to target? You know, what, and, and he really couldn't answer me. And the result was, you know, they were going all over the map. They were everywhere. Right. And, and they were comp- I, accomplishing very little. <laughs> yeah. I remember at, you know, some of our church leadership meetings putting together what we called the Tucson Tom family. 
Right. And so you go wow. through and identify, you know, who's our, who's our, who are we trying to reach? And that person got a name and they got an occupation. They had a place to live. They were, um, you know, we, they're interested in this and we kind of geared our ministry around reaching that family. So yeah. Yeah, drill it down. Did you find that it gave you more focus? Oh yeah. Yeah, it did. And it, it, the, then what comes from, I'm just starting to catch on and, you know, what you mentioned is clicking with me now. It, it flowed into, oh, well then, you know, as we made decisions around the church, it, you know, as far as, you know, the the music lineup or what kind of music we're going to have or what's the place going to look like or um, that was all geared towards that. And we said, well, this, these guys like going to Starbucks in a nice, comfortable, clean place. We'll, you know, we'll, our facility will be, you know, something that would appeal to that group. So, so yeah. basically the mission of your church was to reach you, right, Steve? Because that, <laughs> that defines you. Except you don't. It may have been money. thirty years ago. But. Your, your wife spends money on Starbucks, but not you. No. Uh, so, so let's. We're talking with with uh, Kathy Hutchinson here, and uh, so Kathy, you know, we're talking about this, and it sounds pretty simple to me. But what happens? What keeps us from really progressing in this area? So the biggest thing is when we're busy running around juggling plates. Um, whenever we're really stressed, we completely lose our ability to prioritize. And we all do this, right? Like, have you ever been working on something significant, but then you get sucked away something trivial? My favorite illustration of this is there's this great episode of Mad About You where Jamie spends the whole episode, all of every thought of hers is about buying a bath mat. <laughs> and Paul, her, her TV show husband says, why is our whole life now about buying a bath mat? <laughs> And, and, but we do that, right? Because it's, because a bath mat is, is we can put our hands around that, right? This, this small, tiny thing that we can own, that we can tackle and our brains would much rather engage that than in doing the thing that we're scared of or the thing that we might fail at. I think that's, that's interesting. I think there's a fear of failure sometimes that, that a lot of us run into. Well, and even even without that fear of failure, the other thing that works against us is that it just, even if you've got a really clear mission, it feels better to slip into your office every day and be in responsive mode rather than creative mode. Mm -hmm. And email has made this really, really easy, right? You can go in first thing in the day and there is no shortage of people asking for your time. Right. So That's... it makes us passive. That's true. Yeah, they. I've uh, listened to some others speak, and they said your your email box is everyone else's priorities <laughs> imposed so on true. you. So yeah, absolutely. But as long as we stay in that responsive mode, then we never we're never going to meet the mission. We're never going to put anything new out there or produce something that changes the game. And you know, I mean, I I can relate. Like this has has been a major problem for me, and I've actually been test driving some strategies and have stumbled on some that have worked. Oh. So tell us more yes. about these strategies. Yes, please. We need <laughs> Stuff <it>. that works. <laughs> so for me, this looks like getting up. I, I get up at 5 a.m. every day to work on my personal creative projects. So I get two hours every morning to work on the stuff that I care about the most. And then when I get into the office, I don't get into email until 930 so that I can spend that first 90 minutes creating something. And this might be creating an article um, for one of the church magazines that I write for or something else that I consider real work where I'm actually producing something. 
And I noticed, so I was nervous, totally nervous. Can you imagine walking to the office and not opening up email for an hour and a half? (laughs) I figured something horrible would happen, but nobody even noticed. Like nobody notices that I'm MIA for the first part of the day because they're all busy responding to their own email inboxes. (laughs) Right. And one of the really, probably one of my favorite things that came out of this experiment is uh, I debrelaunched pastorplan.com which is a resource for churches and pastors uh, that are thinking about building. And so it's everything from, you know, just just advice, like how do you keep your project from sort of devolving into value engineering? There's some really specific things churches can do at the beginning of the project to protect themselves in that area, to uh, tools where you can compare the size of your space when you're going to need how much space based on your attendance. And can plug that in, and then there's some some budgeting tools to see how you're going to pay for your project. Hmm. Good, and all that's, that's free, stuff. by the way. So yeah, wow, that's good stuff. Awesome. All right, so we're moving on here. So so we're we're, we're coming up with some blocking out some time here uh, for yourself. Yeah, and this would apply, you know. And, and we've got people that we we have pastors li- listening to this. We have lots of volunteers that listen to this podcast. Yeah, I, I can relate to this because um, I mentioned I was worked for a large aerospace company before we started recording, and the culture there was very much, uh, you had a no more than a 30-minute window to reply to, you know, the boss's boss's email, and I was very guilty of setting up work time where I'd say, I'm going to work instead <laughs> of read email for, you know, so, and I've kind of carried that into, you know, what we're doing now. I, I, I kind of, I can relate to uh, what you're saying where you set up some schedules where you, uh, you, you do only do certain things during certain times. So you make sure you get the important stuff done. Yeah, I mean, it's if, if you want to read more on that, it's, it's called batch tasking. And it's really, it's where you work on the t- same types of stuff in the same areas. Um, the other strategy, quite frankly, is that if you're going to do, if you're going to focus on mission, you have to get really good at saying no. And that requires us becoming better at having hard conversations. So um, one of the things... Uh, one of the things about serving in a church is that sometimes the lines get blurred between what's spiritually essential and what's just cultural. Mm-hmm. So um, I don't know if you guys can relate, but if you're a woman with children in church, there is a cultural expectation that you'll serve in children's ministry, even oh, yeah. if you suck at it. Yep. And yep. so, um, you know, I'm a pretty animated person. And when I had kids at home, I was repeatedly asked to work in children's church, and they finally made me an offer that I really couldn't refuse because they came up and said, one hour, one Sunday a month. And so I said yes, but I didn't count on what some doing something that far outside of my gifting, the impact it would have because it was exponentially draining. So on Sundays when I had to teach my stomach hurt. You know, mm-hmm. my days leading up to it were filled with dread. And then afterwards, I was wiped out for days after I taught. And I, I'm embarrassed to say that we actually left the church so that I wouldn't have to have the hard conversation to admit that I couldn't do something so seemingly simple and something that was really expected, mm-hmm. and which is stupid. I mean, how, how stupid is it that I couldn't just man up that's kind of funny that I use that phrase. <laughs> Just woman up in that in that convert and say how I was really feeling. 
but we aren't, we do worry about what people think about us. And we aren't always honest about how, how we feel about our commitments. And my guess is that everybody listening to this podcast has a demanding job and we can so easily commit to things that we aren't wired for because we're really worried about what people would think if we said no. Mm, right. And it's tough to say no. I know that uh, my wife's gotten really good at it though. So <laughs> she's just, she's in a similar boat with you. She actually used to be our children's director at our church, but now oh, wow. she just serves in the, the, the children's ministry occasionally, but she's gotten very good at recognizing her limits and what she's gifted at, and she has no problem saying no now. So yeah, well, that's good. So so Kathy, uh, and I appreciate you sharing this, and I appreciate you sharing the even your personal feelings on this. That 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 takes some courage to do, and and uh, uh, we're we're grateful for that. So so let's kind of move on, and we got a few more minutes left here. So we're talking about you know how do you get better at what you do or at what we do. So. Uh, what are some things here, <laughs> practically speaking, how do we get better at what we do? There, there, there's, I was looking at an outline we put together here, and you've got at least three things here. <laughs> I do. I'd love to hear them. Well, so, so we've already covered having a defined, actually written down mission mm-hmm. for what it is you're trying to accomplish. And then being, getting good at saying no and clearing away everything that's not serving that mission. Okay. Um, but then you've got to begin acquiring skills like crazy to equip yourself. Because um, the difference between the people who really thrive and those who get stuck is almost always about skill acquisition. And I'm not talking about technical skill. Um, the reality is if you're, if, you're, if you're volunteering in church or if you're serving on staff in a church, you have the skills it took to get there and you're in an environment that's going to require you to improve. Like you're just going to get better through doing but the more, the further we go, the more the skill sets we need have zero to do about the technical stuff. Um, I mean, think about it. Like all of the pastors that started out small, I mean, they don't teach you in seminary how to run a Saddleback or a Willow Creek or a Hillsong, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. You're a guy who has an amazing ability to lead people and preach, and suddenly you're running a million, multi-million dollar corporation, like, that's okay. different. You need a team around you for that. Right. And the reality is that's the trajectory, you know, maybe not to that scale, but that's the trajectory that most of our team needs. I mean, I work with a group of theater designers and engineers. And as we've grown, the most important ability that we have is the ability to help people make decisions. Okay. Because all the best engineering in the world isn't effective if you have a client who's caught in the loop of circular decision making. So we've had to bring training in and actually get better and become the kind of people who can help clients get out of that loop. In fact, our mission at iDebris is great solutions delivered rapidly without U-turns. And that without U-turns is helping people make solid decisions at the front. So Phil, you were just saying at lunch that uh, many pastors are not equipped to basically run a business and you you made the same comment that Kathy did yeah, I, that uh, you know the church is a business in a sense and and there's some skills that are needed to to yeah, run that we're going to get some flack for saying that yeah. but but it I, I mean I just believe I I've been doing this since the late 70s and and you've there's certain things you've got to know and if you don't know it you certainly have to delegate it 
or at least have, as Kathy just mentioned, a team of people around you that can, that help, can help with that. Yeah, in those certain areas, and uh, you know, we deal with a lot of churches. That's who we are with streaming video and mobile apps and right. church content stuff. We deal with churches all the time. And, and this this also reminds me. We interviewed. Um, I can't remember his name, but he was the sound guy for Joel Osteen, right? Yes, Joel and, Osteen, sound engineer, and I can't remember his name out. He's probably going to be really mad he's, he's when he listening, hears this. Yeah, he's I'm like, sure oh, he's listening at every But he made a very similar point that what makes, because we were going in through what makes a really good sound guy, yeah. and it's not the technical skills. They said, you know, that's that's the beginner stuff when you yeah. know, getting involved in the ministry, but really to grow was, was the softer skills. Yeah, yeah absolutely. So, Kathy... We want shortcuts. Any shortcuts? <laughs> I I do not know any shortcuts. However, I don't know how many of your audience have read Malcolm Gladwell's book, Outliers. But basically, he talks about this 10,000-hour theory, um, basically that it takes 10,000 hours of practice to become world-class at something. The good news is that Josh Kaufman has this great TED Talk out that says that the research shows it only takes 20 hours to become competent in something new. So, so just this whole idea of that consistent daily action, that consistent daily action, it's not glamorous. It's just consistent. I mean, we all want to be the hero leaping from the exploding building to save the child. Right. But it's a very, to get to that point, You've got to get up each morning and do the push-ups and the jumping jacks. And if you happen to have a salmon ladder and you're practicing for Ninja Warrior or whatever, <laughs> um, we've got to have the strength to do it. But we so want to get to the end result. Right. It's the it's the everyday, the little things that are going on that prepare you for that. Yeah, absolutely. It's kind of one of the things, you know, my sage advice to my children. I said, it's not one decision you've made, but it's your every it's what you make every day, decision you make every day. That's going to influence, you know, how the, yeah. the direction of your life. Well, it's a good reminder for all of us. It's even little adults, decisions, yeah. You know, it's the little decisions that really, that really uh, add up. I, I was, uh, I, I work, I do a little part-time gig with uh, a small little church, and I was, uh, we kind of try to get organized and kind of uh, evaluate each other, so to speak, that are on staff and volunteers. And and, and uh, one of the biggest compliments I recently got from my senior pastor was, he said, Phil, you are consistent. You're there day in and out. Now, my creativity is, is a dud, <laughs> but, but at least I'm there. Yes. <laughs> I show up <laughs> and he, and he, he didn't say that. He didn't say I was a dud, but what I, what I, when he said that though, I thought, yeah, you know, I really do try my best to be good at what I do and consistent at what I do in helping this local church. Right. And, uh, I think that's very important. It's important. Yeah, I really. think it is. All right. So, so no shortcuts, but we, we need to just be consistent at what we're doing. Right, Kathy? What else can yeah. you do this here? Is we, we've got a couple more minutes left here. So Sure. So I think the other thing I'd add is that easy is earned. Okay. Um, so when we first started driving, you really had to think about it, right? Because like, all the skills were new. So 10 and 2 and check your rearview mirror and don't forget your seatbelt and how to parallel park. But now we just get in the car and drive. Right. Yeah. And there's something about that consistently adding those new experiences that they start really hard and we have to think about them. But over time, like we stop thinking about how to drive. We're just drivers. Mm-hmm. And so this is the same with any skill we want to pick up is we start it. It's uncomfortable, but you know, knowing that it's only 20 hours to competency um, can give us a little more courage to jump out there and actually try things to yeah. get those skills. Absolutely. Good deal. Yeah. 
All right. So, so Kathy, we're talking with Kathy Hutchinson here from uh, Adibri, and and tell us uh, how can people take uh, you know there's some resources people could maybe grab from you guys uh i mean you mentioned something free earlier but even sure. if it's not free I, I think we need to let people know uh, what's sure available. so um there's much much more about idbri at idbri.com and specifically for churches we have free resources at pastorplan.com that i would love for everybody to check out all right. All right. So the uh, debris is I D I B R I. Is that correct? Yes. Dot com. It yes. is. Thanks. All right. Good deal. Awesome. And so uh, I'd encourage fo- folks to uh, to check out those websites again. And uh, you know, it, it's it's never too late to, to get kind of on track. It's you know, you might be sitting here listening to this podcast, going, "Yeah, but I've been doing this for years, and I'm in this rut." Uh, no, th- stop thinking that way. There's some ways you can break out of your rut. And you can get better at what you do, and you and, and part of that I think is what we just said earlier, Kathy, saying no <laughs> to certain <laughs> things, mm-hmm. especially if you're in a smaller church or a mid-sized church. It, it can be really well. I guess it's for any size. Yeah, we think so. Yeah, knows a knows an important word. All right, good deal. All right, so Kathy, people can they can get a hold of you by going to those websites, right? Yes. Okay, so uh, Debris. Dot com and Steve said it. I'll spell it out again. I D I B R I dot com. And then I'm sorry. The, so the, you've the got us. You also have a monthly column in churchproduction.com. Is that correct? I do. I do the church in the digital world column column at, at churchproduction.com. It's in the blog section. Oh, great. Okay. That's, that's good stuff. I've run across that. And you've been in other places as well. So that's yeah. awesome. All right. Good. Well, look, I'm sorry we're out of time, but we need to have you on again sometime in the near future. All right. Thanks so much, guys. All right. Well, thank you, Kathy. And if you want to get a hold of us, give us some feedback. Uh, just uh, send us an email, support at streamingchurch.tv. We would love to hear from you. Get some feedback on what you think. Maybe you think this is a great idea. Maybe you think, oh, I'm not sure about that. Well, we'd love to hear from you. So uh, streamingchurch.tv is one of our main websites. we got several out there, but uh, support at streamingchurch.tv would work well. So the guy across the table from me is... Steve Lacey. We've been talking to Kathy Hutchinson. I'm Phil Thompson, and we will catch you again on another edition of the Church Solutions Podcast. Take care. <laughs>